recording? We are recording. And yeah. So welcome to the Project X podcast. Episode number one. Episode number one. Should we go 1A or eh, eh, just one? Just okay. one. <laughs> Maybe one day our uh, Phantom episode will make it out. But yeah. I'm Alan Smith. I uh, used to write for <clears throat> Cinegeek, which later became CultureSmash.tv. Uh, I was also on their podcast for about five and a half years. I hosted a... Yeah, and I'm doing all my credentials here. I host, <laughs> I, I co-hosted a uh, a show on Xbox Live for a year that was called Contract. I've done a few things. So <laughs> you've done a thing or two, a thing or two. But yeah, that's me. I'm Alan Smith, and I am with. I'm Dave Crawford, and I'm basically just an all-around general AV geek, <laughs> uh, Gen Xer, uh, film, music, video games. You know, mm-hmm. all things that we hope to one day yeah. talk about on here. So, <laughs> but mainly, you know, a lot of music and yes, yes, a lot of music, a lot of a lot of pop culture, both from the past and the present. But today, we uh, we decided we're going to well, it goes back to May eleventh, nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. That's right. That was when the Crow was uh, released into theaters. Dave and I, when we were trying to come up with a with a topic, this was something that. I was telling him I was at work. We were texting each other, and uh, one of the songs from the soundtrack, uh, the song "Big uh, Big Empty" by uh, Stone which, Temple Pilots, came on. Which was not the song that Stone Temple Pilots wanted on the soundtrack. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I know they had another one, but it was called. Dead I, for, I forget what it was, but it was something dying. I forget what it was. It but, was a re-record that they did yes. back when they were still Mighty Joe Young. Yes, yeah, and uh, with the tragic events around the movie they decided that wouldn't be yeah. a very appropriate thing but anyways when we decided to do it it's also one of those things that uh this is a movie it's one of my favorite movies and i, I legit mean like top probably top 15 movies somewhere in there I'm, i'll put mine in top five top oh okay so you, you were a little i it, depending I, on the day, it might it might break the top 10 but it's somewhere in that 10 to 15 for I me i literally saw this thing 13 times in the theater oh wow well I saw it once in the theater. And so. I quit at 13 because that seemed like the appropriate number to stop going to the theater seeing it. It does. It does. I think that, uh, yeah, I think the only movie that I've seen that many or close to that many times in the theater was the original Star Wars. Uh, but we're not going to get off on the Star Wars rant here because we can go a, all night on that. <laughs> that's a rabbit hole of a different <laughs> that color. Is. Uh, but I did, see, um, I did see this movie in the theaters not when it was it wasn't that early it was a few months later uh, for all of you younger listeners if there are younger listeners out there used to movies would stay in the theaters for months and months and months and before they even hit a second run theater which second run theaters aren't really much of a thing anymore yeah but i think i saw it in it was in the it was during the summer of that it was during that summer that i saw it so i the reason i went to go see it is we rivergate 8 which doesn't exist Which any longer. Which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> did a special showing of one of the Faces of Death. Oh, wow. That's awesome. At like midnight. Faces of Death is a, a something we need to talk about one of these days. No. So. Yes. No, because it's 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 so bad. I know. Anyway. So anyway, they did a special showing at midnight or something. And they actually did run some credits and stuff in front of it. And the the trailer for the crow mm-hmm. was one of them that showed and the f- folks that i was with was like oh we should go see that i was like yeah okay and we went to go see it and i was like i'm going to go back and see that <laughs> yeah and then it turned into you know 13 times mm-hmm. in, back when movies were 650 a pop yeah oh those were the days yeah <laughs> 650 for and that was that was not matinee price. That was no. That was that was that was Friday prime night time. at seven o'clock. You know, or, you know that. Yeah, that was prime time. Uh, matinee you could get in for about five bucks. I think well, like four fifty. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, but yeah, I guess we should actually talk about the movie a little bit. I will say this: I did not see it thirteen times in the theater. However, when it came to home video, because <laughs> this was in the days before DVD or Blu-ray or streaming or any of that stuff, yep. I received it as a christmas present from a friend in 96 so it you know it obviously i'd seen it multiple times prior to that but i received it as a as a christmas present 
And Dave and I have known each other a long time. Dave knows that I used to have horrible, horrible problems with insomnia. I used to fall asleep watching that movie every, almost every night. Oh, so you, I, I mean, for months, I watched that month, that movie. Yeah. At, you know, at, at bedtime, and uh, yeah, kind of a little bit obsessed with the movie. <laughs> I, I promise you, I think I could probably quote it in my sleep. I have seen you quote it in your sleep before. At Oh, yeah, what? there's a story. Oh, there's a story. Yeah, no, yeah, we I will tell that story. I don't think I know that. Yeah, you do. This is, again, going back. But let's let's talk about the movie before we get into our more of our personal anecdotes on it and stuff. The Crow is based, uh, let's like I said, it, it's, it was released in May, said May 11th of 1994. That was, 1994. The, movie. That was yeah. the movie. It was uh, starring Brandon Lee. Yeah. In case you don't know, Brandon Lee tragically died on the set while they were filming. Or he was he didn't die on he was shot while they were filming on the set and then died later at the hospital. And and there's a story about that too. There is. The I guess probably the only other person of real note in this movie is Ernie Hudson. Oh, that's not exactly true. Well, I mean of names that you you may know. Let's put it that way. Well, okay, um, general folks. Okay, because like there's like Byling is in this, which she's been in a lot of stuff. Michael Wincott. Michael Wincott. Michael is in Massey this. was in it. Yes, again, but all bit actors, you know, like Candyman's in it. Uh, yes, Tony Todd is in. I know that's again very okay. genre specific, yeah. you know, type stuff. I know. I'm a geek. Um, but. But yeah, no, I mean, of course, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Ernie Hudson, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing he's known from, uh, but then this, you know. Yeah. Um, the Crow started as a comic book. James O'Barr. James O'Barr, which I have graphic, you know, the uh, collected edition of it here. It was released in, on, uh, I think it was by Caliber, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Caliber Comics in 1989. It was written after his fiance was killed by a drunk driver, and she was. I think. I think the story is she was walking down the street and got hit. If I'm not mistaken, that sounds I, I right. I think but that's don't about right. On it. And he wrote the story. He wrote he to well, deal with all of it. He that, wrote this. That was part of it, but he also combined it with another tragic story. There, um, he had read a story about a, a couple that had been murdered over like a $30 engagement ring or wedding ring or something. Mm, mm-hmm. And he took the two stories and wound them together. Okay. There are a lot of Joy Division. Oh, it was hev- heavily... <laughs> this 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 book, like all the chapters are like Joy Division, like song titles. <laughs> and <laughs> He was a very big fan of Joy Division, yes, The and Cure, yes, yes. Um, um, Jesus and Mary Chain. Yes, which some of these wind up on the soundtrack, you know. And a lot uh, of them are, you know, remakes by the band. Yes, absolutely. It initially, just to get some like the, the stuff out of the way on it, you know, it, it was a moderate success at the box office. I think it... You know, I think it made about fifty million dollars or something like that. Yes, fifty million. Uh, there were some sequels. We'll, <sighs> we'll, we'll we we will say that there were there was the the first sequel came in ninety six. It's called The Crow City of Angels. The next one was um, not the Magic Witch Box. Well, I'm trying to remember. The the, the next one was a, couple, a few years later after City of Angels. Yeah, City of Angels came out in ninety six, and then there was what were the other two? There were five movies. There's five of them uh, in total, counting the original movie. Hold on. The last one I know is called The Crow Wicked Prayer. Um, you had The Crow. You had Crow Salvation. You had Salvation. Crow Wicked Prayer. And what was the other one? Salvation is the third one. The funny thing about it is that these movies have, like, named actors in them. Save Angels, Salvation, Wicked Prayer... And then the television series, which was Stairway yep. to Heaven. Yeah, but no, there's another movie also. Shoot, I don't know. Which, when they released City of Angels, they actually commissioned somebody to write a novelized version mm-hmm. of the movie that came out before the movie. It's probably better than the movie. And be- Well, what I'm going to say is I was working at a bookstore mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. and bought it. I have no idea where it's at now. But the book was way, way better than the movie. Yeah. Apparently, the movie suffered incredibly from studio interference. 
Oh, of uh, edits like that on the end of it because it it literally is one of those things that the, the uh, it new, got completely re-edited. Yeah, and, and it the makes director, no sense. The director whatsoever. and the cinematographer walked away from the project and orphaned it. Yeah, because they were so unhappy with the way what Pressman did to it. Yes, I mean it, it's it's rough. Screw so you, yeah, Pressman. <laughs> it, it's pretty rough. I will say this: the soundtrack's pretty good, though. That's uh, of the City it, of Angels. How I mean, can it on. not have a great soundtrack? I, know. I mean, Iggy Pop was in Iggy it. Pop's on it, but I, I'll tell you who was considered for the original person to play to Fun play the, Boy. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. and I can see that. You know, you can see it in. in well, the, Massey said in interviews that he actually dressed in Iggy Pop style clothing and tried to mimic his his fashion after the Iggy Pop for the role. Let's see what what was the guy's name? Was it Massey? Yeah, Michael Massey. Michael Massey, who died two years ago or three years ago of stomach cancer. Yes, he. Which, if you want to get into the curse of the movie, well, but here's the thing: he was the one that actually shot the gun that killed. Brad, yeah, you know, that, that had, you know, shot him in the abdo- in the abdomen. abdomen. Yeah, yeah, and um, and the bullet lodged in his right, spine. and he had. A lot of problems after that with yeah. substance abuse issues and stuff and took a complete um, year off from acting yeah after i mean it. just i think he became a photographer if i'm not mistaken like it was a thing that he he became after like he kind of went away from acting for a while and yeah uh, it's uh I, I would have to dig more into his story but i do remember like when he died seeing you know people like oh the crow actor you know and that it was him oh it, you it, know it, and um it fans basically brutalized him yeah and it wasn't his fault no it wasn't his fault it was i remember at the time like after it happened because that was a big story yeah you know because it happened almost a full year before yeah because they had to go in and do some cover-up of how we do this no it was more than that yeah and and this was this was in the early days of cg of cgi you know and it you can tell in some places. In some places, they did a pretty good job, especially considering this was 1993 well, when they were doing all of it. So. Of course, they had to get the his his stunt stunt double, body double, mm-hmm. to come in and, and cover it. And that's pretty much the entire front half of the movie where you don't see his face. Mm-hmm. Everything in the apartment where he's putting on the grease makeup right. and all that, that was the body double. Right. And, and there are, when you watch this movie, you'll notice in the like after he's resurrected... Yeah. You don't see his face quite a bit. You'll see him walking in shadows, or you know, or his hair will be down in front of his eyes, or something like that. Like every bit of that is stunt see, double. What, so. what a lot of people don't realize is they had actually gone in and made a cast of Brandon Lee's face mm-hmm. at one point to actually mold like a mask or something else, and they'd made a full latex mask of his face, I guess, to do makeup tests and right, all that on. Right. And they were actually going to use that on the body double to cover the scenes that they had to go in and reshoot. Mm-hmm. And it so disturbed everybody on set. That's when they destroyed the mask and they went with the CGI. Part oh, wow. Of it. Wow. I had not heard that story before. So, but yeah, it's um, I, in watching Dave, Dave and I both watched this movie last night, not together, but <laughs> no, him in his house, in my, my house, yeah, in my house. In, in my I can make that even worse. It's like, yeah, I was laying in bed watching this last night. Dave and I watched it together. <laughs> But <laughs> my wife would yeah, not appreciate yeah, she would not that, appreciate yeah. that. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I was watching it, and some of the special effects don't hold up. Well, I mean, I know this is we're talking about something that was twenty five years ago. We're talking you know? ninety three, ninety four, yeah. the the beginning of CGI. Right, right. There and is the budget, the budget issues. The but there were budget issues. You can also tell it. You know, it, it's supposed to take place in Detroit. Yeah, it feels like you're on a set. It does not. I mean, that it's, well, that's because the entire city mm-hmm. was miniatures. Uh, yes, I noticed that quite a bit. That there, there was a lot of miniature work on this thing. So. It, it, the, the entire every flyover you see of the mm-hmm. city, it's it's miniature shots, and right. then they blended in the set pieces with the miniatures. Mm-hmm. You know, to make it look like he's running across the roofs. But I will say this. The overall feel of the movie, like the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, yeah, I guess the feel of the movie is great. 
because it's one of those things. There's one scene where you see the sun. Yes. Yeah. When, you're right. When when Sarah goes to the after she's seen Eric, she goes to because she's like, no, he's supposed to be dead. So she goes to the um, the graveyard. The graveyard, and you can see the sun a little bit. Like you, you don't see it directly, but you can see sunlight. Yeah. Coming through. That's the only time you ever see sunlight in this thing. Most of it takes place at night. Yeah, it happens over what a two day period, two or three day period, something like that. Three day. I think because it's three. It's he, Devil's Night and comes, Halloween. Well, he comes back the day before Devil's right. Night. And and there's some continuity issues there in is the movie a little bit, because yeah. of it. Right. Um but he comes back the day before Devil's Night. There's Devil's Night. Devil's Night. And then Halloween's when he goes back. So I guess it really takes place over about a forty-eight hour. I know it's hard it, because it may, it so may here's only the thing. be two days. Because here's I the think thing: about he comes it, it back. May only be two days. He comes back. Then, all right. Let's see if we get this right. He comes back. He goes after ten ten first. He goes after ten ten first, and ten ten says Halloween's not until manana, which is tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, so you got like, okay, well, the Devil's Night is supposed to be the night before Halloween. Halloween. Okay. That's the 30th. But the whole day passes. And Gideon's blows up, and Gideon, the cops pulling up right. go, it's a little early for Devil's Night. Uh, exactly. Yeah, there's there's a couple of little continuity. Like, yeah, and wait, I, what's going on here? And I here, think some you know? of that was due to the re-editing. Yeah. Of and the also, movie we after. also know that it's actually Halloween, because remember when after he's been shot he's walking down the alley like trying to get yeah. back and you see the kids in halloween, halloween costumes, costumes that yeah. are coming through and so yeah i mean there there's there's a few continuity issues but it's a yeah i guess we should tell the story of what it actually is okay so basically I, i'm what sorry happens, i feel like at I this point if <laughs> everybody most people doesn't know in case let me give a quick rundown basically what happens eric draven and shelly webster are engaged to be married eric draven is a rock and roll singer shelly webster is an artist of some sort they are living in a really bad neighborhood in Detroit. They're trying to get their – they're basically fighting eviction. And so the person who owns the – which turns out to be Top Dollar. who owns, yes, it owns the tenement, sends his gang to come and take care of the situation. They break in. They assault her. No, that, no, let's, let's not be gentle I'm, okay, about it. They, it they, they, they gang rape her is what they, happens. They, they, they cut her up. They yeah. beat her. They rape her. And then Eric comes home, and they in the middle of it. In the middle of it, they they kill him. Basically, throw him out the window. They, they, they shoot him. Shoot him. They, oh, they stab they him. They stab him. Then they shoot him, and they throw him out the window. Throw him out a window six he gets stories, six stories down. Yeah. And one year later, Eric is resurrected by a crow. Well, his spirit is brought. His spirit back. is brought back by a crow. crow. Well, he actually is the resurrection because they show him coming up out of the grave. Yeah. And in later, when um. What's Tony Todd's character? Creed. Creed. Is it Creed? Is that what it is? Anyways, when he goes... Grange. 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 You're yeah. right. When he goes to check I don't it out... Know I said Creed. I don't either. That was weird. When he goes to check out it the... It could the, be the pain meds. It could be. Full disclosure, <laughs> I, I blew out... I messed up my knee and... Dave's I'm, flying high for this I may, be, may or may not be on legal prescribed pain mm-hmm. pills. Acquired legally. Acqui- so, acquired <laughs> legally through a doctor. <laughs> anyway, so when Grange goes to check out this whole thing, he finds the coffin, you know, everything upset, you know, so it's, he, he actually is resurrected. Anyways, he's brought back for revenge. And so, and he finds out that he is indestructible. He still feels pain. Yeah. You see that quite a bit, but he's pretty much indestructible. And so he goes on a, he goes on a killing spree. To to avenge his and Shelley's deaths, that ends once he's done. Then he goes back to the grave, and well, he's supposed to. He does. He does because the thing is, is that the other movies are not Eric Draven; they're all different characters. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's a thing of the spirit of the crow bringing people back. Yeah. So um, interesting fact. Okay, where this one was before Halloween. Mm-hmm. With Devil's Night, City of Angels happens Halloween and yes, after. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Happens on Day of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. Still doesn't make it a good movie. 
but yeah, that's it's true. And you know what's funny is the other the other I've seen the other two Salvation and whatever that other one is. I think I've seen the one where the guy gets Electri- um, you were asking about electric yeah. the electric chair and then he comes back and wow, let's see which yeah. one. I, th- I think that's wicked. One prayer. of them had Edward Furlong yes. of Terminator Two fame, which of course did not make it a good movie. No. That one is... Oh, that one is Wicked Prayer. Oh. Edward Furlong. Oh, d- check out this cast. Tara Reid. Okay. Oh. David Boreanaz. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like, I'm a big Angel fan, so... Edward Furlong. Emmanuel Cree Okay. Danny Trejo. I like Danny Trejo. I, I did too. not like this movie. Danny Trejo has been in some spectacular B-rated movies, though. Macy Gray is in it. Remember her? Not really. Singer? Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Dennis Hopper is in that movie. I'm sorry. You say Dennis Hopper, all I can think of is his character in Waterworld. Yeah, well. Anyways, but yeah, but that one, that's the fifth one. I cannot for the life of me figure. All right, I'm going to have to keep going. Anyway, the one, uh, Salvation, which was the third one. Let me pull it up here because I think, yes. Okay, so this one, Eric Mabius plays the crow in this one. Uh, Character actor. Mabius? Mabius, M-A-B-I-U-S. Okay. Um, did some stuff in the early 2000s, you know. Okay. Um, he was in Cruel Intentions and Resident Evil and Welcome to the Dollhouse and it just it, one of those faces. You're like, oh, it's that guy. You know, he's he's one of those dudes. I'm trying to see what else he was on back then. He was on Millennium, which is a show that I would like to cover at some point because I love that show. I'll be honest, I've never seen it. Oh, you're so, such a treat. Anyway, Kirsten Dunst is in that movie. Ew. Here's the thing. The he was he was accused of killing someone that he didn't, and so he comes back for the revenge. It's actually a decent movie. It's better than City of Angels. I know that's not saying a whole lot, but it's actually a decent movie until the very, like, close to the end of it. And they're in the final fight, and Kirsten Dunst is there, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, like, the bad. Yeah, because she's always in the way. Every movie she's in, she's always in the way. This this, this gets terrible. They're in the middle of the fight, all the stuff's going on, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the bad guy kind of gets the upper hand, and, like, they have that dramatic moment of. You know, when I'm done, you know, I'm going to kill you too, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you see, the, you see, maybe it's this crow, like, rising up or whatever behind. And she goes, Oh, you're so dead. Like I said, she's always <laughs> in the way. It and doesn't matter. As soon what as, movie as, she's soon as she said that line, I was like, And I am out. That's it. <laughs> it was like, I was with it up until right then. And it's like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> give, give me a movie where Kristen Dunst hasn't been in the way. Uh, bring it on. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you that you've even seen that. I own that movie. You Thank own, you very much. You, oh. Yes, I do. It's a terrible movie, but it's fun just because it's so bad. You bought a cheerleader movie. Yes. I own all of those movies. Not all the the Bring It On movies, but like all those like late 90s, early 2000s, teen comedy, drama, whatever, horror movies. I do. I do. It was not a horror movie. That was a straight up. Well, one, but like in that, that, those teen movies, that and Scream and, and, you know, like I Know What You Did Last Summer and Cruel Intentions and Urban, um, Urban Legends, and I own all of those movies, man. Okay. American Pie, all those. I Know What You Did Last Summer was not a great movie. That soundtrack was actually really good. We need to really, like, do a sound, just just talking about soundtracks. Yeah. It's like, you know, 90s soundtracks. Anyway, before we get off on a tangent here, because we will. (laughs) It's it's always a tangent. I can't remember the other one. There's another one. There was another one of those movies. Uh, And then Wicked Prayer. None of them are great. The TV show. Okay. I refuse to watch it. 
I call, when I saw it was Eric Draven coming back a year later after he'd already gone back to the grave, I was like, I'm out. Here's the thing. I caught a couple episodes of it when it was actually airing in 99, I think it was. It was it was after like they're like, "Oh, we can go back, we can do this." Uh Kadeem Harbit Hardison, uh Dwayne Wade from um, um, okay. Different World. Yeah. is in it and he's actually like I think he's supposed to be the spirit of the crow rather than having like an actual crow like he's the one you know it's like kind of guiding him through all this stuff so they basically but, made a combo of the crow and the skull cowboy yeah. but here's the thing they do some retcoming in this thing where he goes back like he may he does come but it's one of those things where there is one episode like one of them that i saw where it goes back to the night that all this is happening and he's actually standing outside the door of the apartment as all the stuff's happening and almost goes in to like stop it i mean it's one of those things where it's like no no don't go back and like try to tell a story that we already know you know because for one thing they talk about no budget this thing looks like it was like shot in somebody's house you know i mean well, it, it probably just, was yeah, i mean it's, it was, like, it's I mean, probably shot on somebody's house yeah what year was it 99 probably shot on a panasonic 100b 98 yeah 98 99 in in that you know back when 24p first came out on that one yeah. panasonic 100b which was a great little camera i used it myself and actually mixed footage with it with like some super 16 at one point yeah so it's one of those it's not good. I, I couldn't get I couldn't get past like those those and it was one of those things that I, I was anybody but Brandon Lee right. doing and the Eric guy Draven that, the is guy not they, gonna work. The guy that they had playing him was not no. I will tell you this much that in that episode we actually do get to see Hangman's joke play. Really? Yeah. Uh it's not really that good. Uh, <laughs> well, you can tell that from the original song on the first movie. I can't rain all the time. Oh. Can't rain all the time. Can't rain all the glad time. Glad that they didn't do that version on the soundtrack. I'm glad it was the that Jane Cyber. On that is on, uh, and it's not that song. It's that's a whole different song. But well, if you yeah. get if you get the other, because there's two soundtracks. There's the soundtrack and then there's the original score, which I own both. Yeah, and on that original score, that is on there. Yeah, but it's only like a piece. Yeah, of it. it's but that's all that you hear in the movie too. It's yeah. just a little where it, it you know. Um, you get where they diamond out of the guitar solo and right, come back right. into the chorus, um, and then it does the record skip. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, it's such a good movie. They And here in a minute, we're going to talk about the comic a little bit because there's there's some differences. There's, oh, yeah, I mean, major differences. And But I mean, like, yeah, there, there are some, different, some differences. Yeah. The movie itself, I think, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, people of our generation especially kind of latched onto it because of the tragedy around it. You know, that's what people people associate more than anything is, well, is Brandon Lee's death, and I understand that because the two are the two are are like forever locked together. Well, it's not just a tragedy; it was the whole feel of that movie. Right, it kind of felt like the way the '90s were. You yeah, know, it felt like oh, everything man. was was dark and kind of coming mm-hmm. to an end, and everything mm-hmm. was used up. And, and this what is was the point. You have to also remember the climate at the time. This came out. A year after Waco happened, I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, because Waco happened in '93, it was in. I completely forgot. Yeah, that was and so this came out like the year after that. We're in the mid '90s. Nine Inch Nails released the Downward Spiral that year. Yeah, which was a great album. Uh, Soundgarden had released um, Super Unknown right around that time. Was that '93? '93, '94. Yeah, I was thinking Super Unknown was no. No, I guess you're right. What was a uh, Bad Motor Finger came out in '91, at the end of '91. That's and that's a great album. I when it comes to Soundgarden, that album and earlier is what I listened to yeah. Soundgarden wise. But I mean, you just think about like some of that music. You know, of course, the down of course the downward spiral. I mean that downward whole downward spiral. Yeah. You know, 
And, and the thing you is, had you some know, of the Marilyn Manson stuff uh, come I think, out. Yeah, was uh, that, Portrait, um, Portrait of American Family was yeah. released that year because they toured together. Hole had, you know, Kurt, Kurt Cobain, this in 94, Kurt Cobain had just died. Yeah. Hole had just released Live Through This. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you start looking at, like, what's going on? A Woodstock 94 happened that year. I mean, I know. But that one was better than what like, what came later. Yeah. But, Thanks, Limp Bizkit. Yeah. And, some, and a lot of other bands. But it was one of those things where it really is kind of the perfect movie for them. Uh, oh, you know what else came out that year? Uh, Clerks and Pulp Fiction were both released that year. Really? Yes, in 94. So it's like, you look at 94. 93, 94. In that, that I, I had just, just graduated high school yeah, in 93. You know, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where I, I was in college. You know, it was one of those things where it was we, like we I was playing in a band. A, I, that's when we met was in 94 yeah that's when i was no playing. it was before no. that because we were still in high I no was, no was that it was what, yeah that's because that's when i was playing with tony and oh, that band that's true. yeah and you know and it was the one of those things, and it was just it was <laughs> one of those things where it was the time was right for this movie to come out yeah and it really you know there there are movies that probably better like clerks that better encapsulate that Gen X, that er, that early twenty something, you know, malaise of where am I going to do with well, my life? And politics everything. were in upheaval. The yeah, world was in that upheaval. was the year that that was the year that the that the Democrats lost Congress completely for the first time. Music and, was yeah. in upheaval. Art was in upheaval. It was, you know, that was the whole heroin chic was a big thing. You know, I mean, it was just it, it was just it was a. There's arguments that this movie gave birth to. Um, mall goths. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first. Absolutely. It's the first movie I remember seeing where you had multiple joint finger rings. Oh, absolutely. Where you had a ring that covered oh, yeah, the whole yeah, finger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's, I know it. exactly. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that, that you know it, it really did. The you know because I remember a, a couple of years earlier whenever um uh who was it what was the director that did the Dracula. Um, Brahms, uh, um, Coppola. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola yeah. did that. And I remember when that came out, people talking about this is going to, like, fashion-wise, this is going to do a lot with fashion. And it didn't no. really. It didn't. Uh, and then Nightmare you, Before Christmas you, came you out. You saw a little bit of that high high fashion goth come out. Of course, you already had the original goths. Right. That well, that's again going back to Joy Division. You're, you're going back you got to the Cure, Bauhaus, Bauhaus, Joy Division, exactly. Jesus and Mary Chain, Chains, all of that. The a Smith, little bit, you know. It's yeah. A, yeah, you got some of that stuff that but was already bubbling. It was already bubbling, and yeah. and the only folks, the only store around that you could really get gear for that group was at the time Spencer's. A little bit. We had a local place called Karma. You remember? I, and, I vaguely yeah, remember that. They're still around, but it's not the same, you know. But that yeah. was that that mid nineties, yeah. you know. This is, you know, the culture. I was but, getting ready. To, I was getting ready to look because Hot Topic came about somewhere around. It was. This it was era. shortly after this. Yeah. It was shortly after this. You had Hot Topic, and then all of a sudden you had, you had all the, the mall, the classic, the mall goth. yeah, I know it's mall like, goth stuff. The well, Hot Topic pan. is one of those things. It's like. They were mall pot. They were mall goth, and they were mall punk, and then they were mall whatever. I don't know what they and are. And now they're high end Spencers. Yeah, pretty much. Well, uh, that was that. I'm not gonna lie. Hot Topic was one of my favorite stores. Oh, in the beginning, I but, loved it. Yeah, I worked. I worked there for a little while. So but the reason I went there wasn't for the goth stuff. I was actually buying that fifty chic bowling shirts, Vegas style bowling. Yeah, shirts. Yeah, when those things had come. Yeah, you know where you had the bowling shirts with like the flames on yeah, it yeah. and like oh, the yeah. snakeskin on oh, yeah. it. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I went through a snakeskin. Yeah, we all did. We all went. We all we all have those embarrassing things we talk about. So <laughs> we try not to talk about. You know, I, I went through a goth spade. At one, or a How many leather trench point. coats have you had at this point? Uh, a couple. Yeah. I don't own any more, but I did at one point. I had grown my hair out long and dyed it black, and I was really into typo negative, and you know some of those other Marilyn Manson was a big well, that I was into. Typo, and, you on. know, and it's one of those things that like, which again we can get into the. Sorry, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to. I'm actually looking to see. <clears throat> what year Hot Topic opened? He he's picked up the Magic Witch box again. Folks. Yes, that's yes. Uh, I believe his is made by iPhone. Wow, Hot Topic was started in 1988. 
88? 88. Yeah, but it wasn't nationwide at that no, point. No, it was, it was West Coast. It was completely wet. It, it started in California and L.A. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I didn't even know that. So they've been around 30 years. Yeah, but it didn't hit here until... Oh, it was not, yeah, 97. 97. 97. They, uh, one of the malls, local malls, got it all of a sudden. It's like, what is this? Oh, you it's know? Hickory Hollow. Hickory Hollow. That, that doesn't know, <laughs> no longer exists around here. So, Okay, for those of you who are listening who aren't local, you're getting a whole lot of Nashville... Lore, yes, lore from, it, from, yeah, 90s, or 80s, 90s. and Yeah, because I moved here in, like, 90, 91, and you've been here your whole life. I've been here my entire life. You're a unicorn. So. <laughs> no, I'm a Sasquatch. Every time <laughs> that someone says, oh, you're a unicorn, I'm like, no, 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 I am a Sasquatch. Uh, so. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, Nashville is one of those cities that's very transient. No one's from here. Nobody's from here. Yeah, Alan happens to be from here. Yes. Uh, there are five of us that are actually from here. We have meetings. We talk about you. So, <laughs> actually, my wife is a unicorn. Yeah. She was she was born we over have, at Old you know, Baptist. Um, our friend Andy is a uni- is from here. Yeah, I mean that's he's one of the very one Andy. Of the, you're a unicorn. Oh, what is it? No, Corey's from Oklahoma originally, isn't he? His family's originally from Oklahoma. Is he from here? I I can't remember if he's from here. We've gone Again, way we're off talking topic. about people yeah. that, that no one knows who they are. Sorry, uh, folks. We, yeah. we but see, that's off. but that's the thing. Again, like on um, to, to end the tangent. If you're in Nashville, more than likely most of the people that you know are not from here. <laughs> that is, you know, welcome to Nashville. Yeah. Now y'all go. Home. Y'all go home. Exactly. Anyway, but yeah, it really did. It hit. It hit. To use another cliche, it hit the zeitgeist in a certain way, kind of like a night before Christmas did, which. Look at my mantle. Oh, I know, I know, I see right there. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan. Of this. But Get I, out. I am a big fan of Beetlejuice, <laughs> though, and that was one of the first, like, you know, the the Lydia character. Yes, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, this is what, you know, I was. Let's see, when did Beetlejuice come out? 88, 87, 88, 86. Sounds somewhere right. in there. Somewhere in there. And it was kind of one of those, like, <clears throat> who is this person? Why am I so attracted to her? You know, it was like, <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. and it was you've that, got a, you've that got a type. I do kind of have a type a little bit, but it, um, yeah, you know, so it, it's that whole, it was just that, that aesthetic of, you know, it's dark and you know, that kind of stuff. So in the mid nineties, when we were in our, our twenties somewhere, I used to, you know, people would come over to the house and we'd sit around and drink beer and, you know, and it was, a lot of us that were, like I said, a couple of us were in our early 20s, but then there were also some teenagers that were I hanging out with us. I have no idea what I you're know, talking you, yeah, about. Yeah, whatever. And uh, we actually watched The Crow one night. There was a whole bunch of us over there, and Dave fell asleep on the couch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> I, I think I remember this story. <laughs> and so we're sitting there, and we're watching the movie, and then like certain lines all of a sudden, like, there, there's this line, you know, whenever um, when he kills Tintin on the very beginning of it, he goes to stab him, and he, victims, he says, victims aren't we all? Aren't we all? And like that line, because all of a sudden we hear Dave like echoing it perfectly in the back. It's like victims, aren't we all? And they're like turn around looking at him, was like he's asleep. Like his eyes were completely closed. Like what the hell, you know? And so a little bit later, you know, the holy it can't rain all the time line, and Dave's like can't rain all the time. We're like what the hell? <laughs> so, a little bit later in the movie, all of a sudden Dave gets up and like walks into the kitchen and goes to the refrigerator and grabs a beer. No, and I didn't. Like, yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Here, and this is what happened. He went in there, he grabbed a beer, and then he went into the very front of the house and sat down in a chair where there was nobody. There was no TV. There was no nothing. And he's just sitting there holding the beer, asleep. And so I go in there, me and another guy go in there. We're like, Dave, give me the beer. And like trying to pry it out of his hand. I'm like, Dave, you don't even drink. He's like, oh, yeah. I was like, come on. And so I went and put him in um, in my parents' bed. They were out of town. That's what it was. I and I put, Dave, Dave, I put Dave in my parents' bed. I was like, just lay down, whatever. So we walked back in there. About 15 minutes later, he comes walking back into the living room. He's like, what am I doing in the bed? <laughs> I had <laughs> forgotten about that. Yes. I'm and we a- had to tell him like everything that he had just done. He was like. Ah, great. (laughs) Yes, I'm a notorious sleepwalker, talker. My wife still has Mm -hmm. problems with it. 
So, and that's 20 plus years ago, you know, and still remember that story. Okay. So I can quote the movie in my sleep. Yes. So that that goes back to the, you can quote the movie in your sleep along with, there were some other lines. It wasn't just those two, but those were the two memorable ones because they were like, what what, what in the world? You know, let me talk about the comic book a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. There's some differences like in the movie, there's a character called named Skank. Doesn't exist in the comic book. Actually is in the comic book, but is a very small a very small character. There's another character called Tom Tom. Yeah. That they put them together. Yeah. Um, in the movie because there's another character named Tin Tin. Yeah. So it was like it was you know, have a Tom Tom and a Tin Tin, you know. That's Same thing in the book in the comic because um, well, you had the little girl's is name Sarah. is Sarah, but in, in the, the book her name's Sherry. Sherry. And you have Shelly is Eric's fiance. And also another thing. Well, that's the same in the movie. Yeah, no, what I'm saying, but they but yeah. they changed her name to Sarah because Sherry and and Shelley are, Shelley are yeah. too close together. Also, another thing. Neither one of the characters have last names in this. It's just Eric and Shelley. Uh, I've actually never read the comic. Yeah. I just know what I've yeah, read no. about it online. In the book, he's just referred to as Eric. <clears throat> there is no Draven. And she's just referred to as Shelly. There's no Webster. Those were made for the movie that way. Yeah. Which Draven's a great last name. I'm sorry. That's a rock and roll name if I ever heard Eric Draven. You know, it's... uh, Yeah. um, From what I understand, they also downplayed Eric's drug use in the movie. Yes. Because he is a a heroin addict in this. Also, the character of... Well, Top Dollar in the comic book from what I understand, is not the head guy. No, he's not. T-Bird is the head guy. Right, and they switched that up in the movie. Yeah, because uh, from... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Top Dollar was like some kind of low-level drug yes, dealer or something. Yes, he was. He also, in the book, kind of has a redemption arc. Really? Yes. Of when... I think that's the character. One of the characters has a redemption arc of sort. He still gets killed. <laughs> Spoiler. But it's one of those things where, like, when when Eric comes for him, he talks about how he has regret for what they, what he did. That it was, he said, he, he basically gives the whole speech of, I know I'm still going to die, but I just want you to know that I do have regret for... Which, you get a little bit of that with, with uh, T-Bird... It's not, no. but it's not sincere. It's not sincere. But he says it when it, when he when they're in the car in the movie. He's, he's just trying he's to get out, and of he it. says, "I am sorry for what happened to you." You know, type. Well, even Top Dollar, like at the end of it, whenever they're fighting on the on the roof, and he said, "You know, he says, I am. You know, if it, you know, he said, I am sorry for what happened to you and your girl and your girl." But to let you know, but I'm the one who cleared that. I'm building. the one that cleared that building. And he said, "If it makes you feel any better." You brought a smile to my face. Yeah. Because that's what the, that's something. Let's talk about that real quick. Top Dollar has got some, like, he he seems like he's depressed through this entire movie. Like, it's like he, he, he rose all the way to the top. And there's nothing and else there's to nothing have. nothing else whatsoever. You know, and it's it, just. It's kind of the, the guy who got everything. Right. And you see him, like, you know, there's a. You know, early on, like him and his sister, which we never find Step out. Stepsister. Uh, yeah, he says she is my. She's my father's daughter. daughter, right? You know, and they have enjoyed a woman together, which they wind up. She winds up dead. You know. Yeah. But it's one of those things you see him sitting on the bed next to the corpse, and he's just like, I "Think we broke her?" Yeah, I know. But he's just like, "There's, there's like." no joy in him whatsoever you see him like well, with the mountains of cocaine and he's doing them there's no joy in it well when there's no there's no there's no emotion there at all no i mean it's i mean just, it, there's there is literally no emotion the only emotion you really see is when he kills gideon yes. he's like oh won't you die already yeah I know. <laughs> he gets a little angry that he's not dying right enough. right right he has a couple of lines in it that i really like like when he shoots the the bird uh, when he shoots <laughs> when he shoots the crow he's like let me do a quick impression for you bang fuck, i'm dead <laughs> no it's bang call call yeah I'm yeah dead. yeah yeah it's just like <laughs> my favorite my favorite line from top dollar in the whole movie is when um 
Tony Todd's character? I can't. Um, Gage. Gage. Or Ga- Grange. Grange. Grange looks at me and goes, yeah, he had a guitar, and then he jumped out a four-story window like he had wings. Mm-hmm. And Top Dollar goes, he winked at you? Mm-hmm. Musicians. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yep. yep, that's about right. Um, <laughs> Especially guitar players. Yeah, shut up. Anyway, but it's one of those things where I have I uh, obviously when I saw the movie, the whole Eric Draven character was like, oh, he's so blah blah blah. The more times I watched the movie as I got older, Top Dollar became like that's the interesting character. It's kind of like with Batman and the Joker. You're yeah. you're brought in by Batman. But after you like read for a while, you're like, no, the Joker is the interesting character here. It's like I've heard people who you know professional like actors, like Broadway and stuff like that, talk about playing like um, the Jesus Christ Superstar. You know, like people are like, oh yeah, you know the, the role in that. You know, you know, Je- you know, to play Jesus is the one. They're like, no, 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 no. Judas is the character to play in this movie. In this. This you know same thing with that one and Godspell both. Well, and, and it's like drawn to right, broken right people. You know, of for like some reason trying to figure out what makes this character tick. You know, and you know it's one of those things that all throughout the movie, you know, you've got uh, Officer Albrecht, you know, trying to figure out what's uh, is it Albrecht or Albright? Albrecht. Albrecht. Okay, you know, and he's chasing him down. But he's always, like, not really trying that hard, especially after he figures out what's going on because he's like, well, you know, this guy's doing what we can't type thing, you know. Classic vigilante Exactly. But, you know, that's the whole thing when you have with the detective that's giving him crap the whole way through it. He's like, you know, we got this vigilante killer. We got it, blah, 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 blah. But it's one of those things where, like, that's the difference. Like, he has zero qualms whatsoever with killing people none whatsoever you know it's like no i'm back for revenge i'm not here for justice i am here for revenge yeah you know and that is something that you don't see in a lot of heroes what are supposed to be heroes you know and you know because you have a batman who won't kill yeah. You know, are different. You know, you know. I'll name one. You he's, know, other than the Punisher, he's, more he's not a, really a he's hero. He's more of an anti-hero, right? And, and and but it's just one of those things where it's like, no, I'm back here for this. Stay out of my way so you don't wind up. Yeah. You know, in the same thing. But at the same time, you see, you know, the affection that he has for for Sarah. Well, for Sarah and for Albrecht. Yeah, because exactly. Because, you know, he knows that Albrecht tried to help and, uh-huh. and couldn't do anything. Exactly. And Albrecht winds up being the the person who gave him what he needed to you know, survive to, yeah um and um here, and here's the other thing that kind of interests me i i saw an interview with brandon lee at one point who talked about this when he first gets resurrected and comes out of the grave the amount of confusion of oh yeah. what's going on oh, yeah and you see him go from almost complete madness at the beginning of the movie yes start to have his thoughts clarified towards the end the the madness starts to fade away Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when he breaks into fun boys and he's kind of playing with the light bulb yeah he's running his head around around the light bulb and like you know just yeah yeah, he's like yeah he's he's an agent of chaos at that point yeah you know which which again the whole thing look what you did to my sheets you know it's like there's some great comic moments you've got rage you've got madness right you've got confusion Mm -hmm. and towards the end it starts to clear up right he's very very calm by the time you get to the end of it you know and um yeah i yeah i can see that 100 percent. let's talk about the soundtrack we didn't really get to the comic book much. <laughs> well, uh, that's I just wanted to that's the difference. That's the difference. Uh, the, the, one of the other things going to leave that here tonight. Yes, right? you are. Yeah, okay. you, you're more than welcome to it. Thanks. The other thing with the comic book, as heartbreaking as the movie is, the comic book gets there so much more because all through it, you have there are these scenes where he's sitting and of course you know he's pining over Shelley and everything that happened and really like reliving and that kind of stuff and as he starts to play it back in his mind the crow talks to him and says don't do it you know you know how this ends you know what's going to happen you know type stuff but then there are other parts where he's going through that and the crow is kind of like why are you doing this why don't you just get over it and go do what you have to you know it's kind of a 
partly a don't do it because you know how this is going to end. You know you're just torturing yourself, and other parts of it are kind of this like this dude just man up and and let's go do this thing, you know. But it really is that because it just you know they're just they're they're these the way that it's it's drawn and you know, like the way that it's laid out and stuff. It's just these heartbreaking scenes over and over again inside his head watching it all happen over and over and over and he can't stop it and you know type so yeah anyways soundtrack so soundtrack let's talk about the soundtrack i have to say because i re-listened to i had not listened to it in a while the cures burn is really good oh yeah really good Machines of Love and Grace's Golgotha Tenement Blues, really good. Yeah, love that one. Big Empty Stone Temple Pilots, probably my favorite Stone Temple Pilots song. And it's good because, again, that mid-90s, you know what? Yeah. Nine Inch Nails cover of Dead Souls, Joy yeah. Division song. Cool. Great. Great, I like it. Yeah. It's, you know, it is. And then you get... And then it starts falling apart. Well, you've got <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. Which I did not like this. It it, it sticks I, out like a sore thumb of one of these things is not like the rest th- of this. This is going to be heresy to a lot of people. I'm not a big Rage Against the Machine fan. There's, I like them. They're okay. There's three or four songs I like. Right. Yeah. And the rest of it I could take or leave. Mm-hmm. This this song you know, is not... I didn't like Darkness, it. Darkness, it was like they were looking for something for filler. Right. And they went, oh, well, here's a song well, named Darkness. Here's another one. This Violent Femme song, completely out of place on this thing. I don't think so. Really? I don't really think oh, so. Man, I couldn't even get through it. Did Did you go and look at the scene where the song's at? Mm, I, I don't know. I don't even remember where it was. So. It. I'm, I'm sorry. I love this song. Okay. I think... And like, don't get me wrong. I like Violent it was, I, If I remember right, it's in the pit. The bar, it? It, it, if I remember right, it's in the pit. It's where the bar in the bar where the gang hangs out. Yeah, not the trash club, right? Not the club underneath top dollars. It was the pit where Darla right, worked right. at. Hey, I yeah, think it was like I think it was one of the songs on the okay. jukebox in the background. Okay, and for me, it kind of fit the scene. Okay, I I, lo- I already liked the song when I heard it in the movie. I was like, perfect. Okay, it it didn't land for me. This Rollins band song didn't not land for me also either. a cover yes um i can't um, remember the I band who it was uh, but, actually about ghost rider the the the, yeah. the the comic book character which is cool yeah but in the movie you barely hear it right because it's in the scene when they're at the table and it's i think it's just top dollar and micah i forget who else mm-hmm. and it's it's it sounds like it's coming in from the club downstairs okay. All right. you barely hear it the badge from pantera Hold on, we missed Helmet, Milk Toast. I like Helmet. Also a song on the jukebox at the okay. pit. But I'm just talking, just the, the actual, like, listening to this. Yeah. The, the it's Helmet. It's Helmet. Okay, it, it's like, the I, I saw them on this tour um, at a little club here in Nashville called 328. Right, performance hall. That, another thing that's not around not Nashville. Not there anymore. Thanks, New York and LA, yeah. for, for coming into town and screwing up a lot of our city. Yeah, I said it. Take it. I don't care. The Badge, Pantera. <sighs> I like again, Pantera. Uh, not a big fan of the song. Once again, I think it was a cover. I'm not sure. It is. It is. Um, um, I can't remember. And it was, was one now. of those background songs where you barely hear it. Yes. Slip Slide Melting for Love, Not Least. I, I like this. I this, love this, this song. Right. My life. All right. After the Flesh, My Life of Phil Cocall. Which showed up in the, in the in movie. It's in the movie. They're playing. This is who's playing. In the trash club. When they're, when they're doing when the, the big, big battle. Fight. Okay. I have to say, I because the of, live version that's happening down below, I like better than this recorded version. I like them both. I liked, yeah. I liked it well enough that I actually went out and bought a bunch of their CDs. I like, what, I like I, these I, dudes. I, I bought did. up everything I could find at CD Warehouse. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. See, this is I mean, and it, it's, my life it's, of the Thrill Kill Cult is one of those bands that is that have that has existed on my periphery for years and years and years. And every once in a while, they come closer into view. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I really like these guys, but then they kind of like fade back out it, after a little bit. It, it's so. kind of a they're kind of a mix between techno, punk, and heavy metal. They've got that ministry thing going on no. a little bit. A little bit. No, like, ministry's a they're they're kind of in the same category, right? But they're two different flavors yeah. of it, and depending on the day, I like one more than the other. Okay, Snake Driver, Jesus and Mary Chain, loved it. It was Good. another. It was, yeah, 
Now, Time Baby 3 by Medicine. Okay, this, it's they're another, playing in the club. Another band okay. in the club. And I really like the live version a whole lot more than I like this recur- this recorded version. It's a better mix, honestly. It is. The, I don't, they've got this weird thing that happens at the end of this song on this track yeah. where there, there's another voice. Like, like yeah. you know, this, it's just like, who who said this was good? Who they need to go back and talk to whoever produced this and, and I mean it just yeah and then then you get to the cream of the crop. Well, hold on. Going back to to Time Baby Three, the the mix that's in the movie. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I like it so much better is the guitar is further out front yes. and it's mm-hmm. got that big mm-hmm. and it's it's not a Stratocaster. I think it may be a Jaguar. Yeah, he's, he's, wearing, he's he's playing a Jaguar. Yes. Yeah, Jaguar. It's got this great. Jaguar. It's, got, <laughs> it's got this great big jangly, yes, nasty. It does. It just it I sounds love it. good. Yeah. and it's also one of those things that this this song is indicative of that that mid nineties drone yeah. like female fronted drone alternative. Yeah, you know, and then you've got like, the guy with the deeper yeah, voice up underneath, exactly. kind of echoing. Know, it's, it's like okay, yeah, yeah. All right, and then we got Jill Sibbery. With It Can't Rain All the Time. Yeah. Which is beautiful song. Yeah. Beautiful song. And I I don't know a whole lot about Jill Sibbery. One of my exes was a big fan of hers. Um, and this is 10-ish years ago. And, like, you know, and she, like, I've heard some of her other stuff. It's different than this. Well, yeah. I'm not a big fan of it but it is one of those things that like but well yeah well, like, it's it's another case of where they got a musician to come in and write a song right. specific for the movie exactly and that song is probably going to be the better song of yes it doesn't sound it anything is. like anything they ever do right the, the producer came in and went no i need you to do this you mm-hmm. know and and this song only appears during the credits yep yeah and it's one of those things that the way the movie ends you know with him going back to the grave and she's and Shelly's waiting for him, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then it goes to black and it says for Brandon and Eliza uh, for Brandon and Eliza. And this mute, this song starts playing and it's perfect. I mean, it's like, wow, you could not have, you could not have done a better job of, of, you know, probably one of the first movies where I sat through the credits. Oh yeah. So I could hear the end of the song. And then they play big, um, big empty plays after Again, it, yeah. yeah. Which you only hear it for a very small amount of time Name in the, the movie. Scene. The, it, do what? Name the scene. Uh, they're driving. It's early. It's when they went to the arcade. That way, when they, they, they blew up the arcade, arcade and they're driving. And they're driving through the city, and you hear and they, it in the background. Yeah, as they're driving past Maxi Dogs. Yes, you hear it. You hear it, and you hear the brake screeching. Mm-hmm. The car slows down, and then you hear the tires peeling out. Right and during between that, you hear the big empty, and Albrecht goes, "Bad people on the streets That's tonight." Right. And then all of a sudden, boom! Yeah, great movie. There is a link between this movie and City of Angels. There is actually. There's two. They don't. They there's two, and I think I'm the only one who really sees it. The only one I'm the Mia Kirshner plays a grown up Sarah. Yes, and it's one of those things that she talks about Eric and Shelley at one point, like she's wearing their 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 rings. Yeah, around her neck, and it's like, oh, okay, that's they they did that. Okay, what's the other one? Now they've named the characters two different things, mm-hmm. but if you start looking at it in the original mm-hmm. you see Micah has okay. her eyes pecked out by the crow right and she falls down the well where right. the bell the bell tower mm-hmm. but you never actually see her die okay you just hear her fall and hit right right that's true that's city true. of angels the big bad has a lady and right. she's got her eyelids shut and she's a prophetess Oh yeah, but now, they, she's got a different name though. She's doesn't got a she? different that's name. That's right. That's right. That's but right. wouldn't it make sense for her to have changed her name? Maybe I, I, I don't I know. May, I may be starting some kind of conspiracy I don't know. theory. It here. might be. I would have to go back and watch it again, and I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I 
I think I bought the box set at one point. Oh yeah, had, no, they it got had them. the the original three, right? Which was you know the Crow, City of Angels, and whatever came Salvation, back. Salvation, yeah. yeah. Um, but to me, it would have been more interesting if they had actually had Micah show up in L.A. as that prophetess. Yeah. Because she's her eyes are sewn shut. Why are her eyes sewn shut? That's true. Yeah, and like I said, I forgot about her. Like I said, it's been a long time since yeah. I saw the movie. I do remember like going to the theater the weekend it opened and being so excited for it and, and just walking being out like, completely this and totally disappointed. Was bad. What What did I just see? Like wanted my money back. Yeah, I bad. mean, just it was that bad. I was know? doubly upset because the the novel they had written for mm-hmm. the movie was excellent so i was like doubly stoked i was mm-hmm. like if the movie holds up to the book this is going to be now, great i will say that james obar wrote some more stories afterwards that that dealt with other people yeah. but he did write a couple of other stories that have eric in them as well that take place after this i have not read them i can't give you any more i do know they exist yeah i remember in the you know, after the movie came out, and yeah, I think there's was, even like a female crow at one yes, point. Yes, there, there's there, they did a, they did several mini series in the mid '90s after the movie came out. It was and they were all told different stories of people, you know. Yeah. And there was she was a police officer, you know, and some stuff. Uh, I remember reading, but I don't remember enough of them to tell you what they were all about, you know. But yeah, they uh, some of them were good, some of them not so good, you know. It's just he didn't write all of them. They had other people to write. He kind of like he wrote the ones. I think he wrote the the, the original one, like the the original miniseries that they did after that. It was not Eric, yeah. and then they had other writers who did the other ones. And then it's kind of bounced around a little bit here and there. And I'm sorry, I hate when they I have know, people come I know. in. It's I mean, oh, here's my take on yeah, it. Yeah, but read the original. Read I'm, I'm leaving it yeah, for you to read. I'm going to people who are listening read. Going, read, you can get it. You can get it in a nice, like, bound. You know, it's, it's got all four it's, of them. It's full, awesome graphic novel. It, absolutely, yeah. It, it's uh, and it, it it's really good. It's got. I mean, it's just you know it it not, has the the eighties on it. No, it's not. You know, it's got some of that. You know, eighties aesthetic. This one was on put it. out by Kitchen Sink Press. Yeah, it was originally on Caliber, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right. And Kitchen Sink picked it up at some point i think it was actually an image for a little it, it's moved around between several different I like the art yeah the art's really it, good it's definitely got that late 80s early 90s vampire yes, absolutely goth feel to um it. but yeah i think uh is there anything else you'd like to say about the crow this evening because um, i think we've rambled we were at an hour so <laughs> well uh, should we talk about the curse or we talk about uh, if you believe oh yeah, there's been talk of a remake slash reboot slash who knows for a Since while. Since like 2001. Yeah, back then I remember they were. I remember that they were going to do a a reboot. Oh one, oh two, somewhere around there. DMX well, was involved. No, there was a there was a. It started out with Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie was wanting to do, do it. wanting right. to do uh, the Crow 2037. Yeah, something and yeah, there was a Rob Zombie was involved at one point. Uh, like I said, the DMX was involved at one point. He was going to play, and then they were going to take it in a different direction, and then that never got made. And then I know recently Jason Momoa was supposed to be the Crow, and he's yes. pulled out of it. I don't know what's going on. Well, I'll so, tell you where I feel like I don't have a problem if they go and they make another one. I would like for them to stay away from this story, though. From Eric Draven. Yes. Yeah. There, even the Momoa one was talking about doing a oh, reboot. I know. I know. And, and it's while kind of one I of those like, things. I like Jason Momoa. I do, very much. No one should touch the Eric Draven storyline no, no. again. I tell you what, though. If they, they wanted to, there's one person. And I can't the 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 twenty the early twenty something me can't believe I'm saying this, but there is one person I would accept to play Eric Draven. Am I going to end up slapping you over this? Keanu Reeves. Yes, think about it. Okay, the the Maybe. now the now Keanu whatever whatever age he is now. The forty, the late forty something counteries. I think he's too dug into John Wick. But you know that's the thing is you take a little bit of John Wick and a little bit of Neo and a little bit of whatever, and you get Neo out of it. 
the Neo one from the first one. Okay. <sighs> Admittedly, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. Not even like the first one, but I think that there he was could too probably much. do it. Whoa! Yeah, I know kung fu. Yeah, that I get it. Yeah, but I could see it. He's got that presence. He does, but does he have the madness? I I don't know. I mean, as long as part, he doesn't have to be an FBI agent, it's fine. So part part of that, <laughs> I mean, part of what made Brandon Lee good for this was the tragedy that he'd already been through with right, his with own his, family with his, with his and, dad, and, the, and the curse of that family right, and all that right. if you believe in that type of thing so he already you know he already knew some of that pain right and if he could you know if it was true that somebody had come through and killed his family you know he already kind of knew mm-hmm. you know what that rage was about Is that another tornado warning? No. Oh, by the way, folks, yeah. it's a dark and stormy it, night you know here what? in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> I meant to say, when I was on the when I was on the way up here, that went through my mind. I was like, we should probably say use that. It's a dark and it was a dark and stormy night line. Yeah, um, it, it, it's literally a dark and stormy night. <laughs> we've had tornado warning. I like I drove up to Dave's house like literally through it like past where there was tornado warnings like i saw the, the clouds like it's like oh yeah that's it right over there so yeah there's um, been lightning here there's been drenched rain it, it's almost it's, it's june in tennessee so <laughs> expect, you know? it kind of feels like we were supposed to be talking about the crow tonight but yeah so. uh but yeah i think i think we've kind of come to a a good close on this yeah i love the movie if you haven't seen it go see it admittedly it's very it's it's 90s is everything it's mid 90s is everything some of the cgi is not that good but it's a good watch. It's available on Netflix. I'm trying to think. Netflix, Blu-ray. Yeah, I've got it on Blu-ray because I still like, you know, tangible media. I think they still sell and physical. Yeah, I'm yeah, a physical I'm media a, yeah, guy. Yeah, and that kind of they stuff. They probably have a bigger box set now to where they, you they can could. buy the original good one with the, the other terrible Who knows? Ones. But it's well worth, well worth. We're going to end. So, yeah, I guess that's it. We are going to be back um, at some point. Episode this, one. This is episode one. Uh, we're going to have some more. We just got to get them recorded. We got to get them recorded. Uh, if you'd like to correspond, I have a, I have, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get, I, we'll, we'll, we will, we will uh, add uh, an email address or this something. This is all very new. Yes, yeah, we're still kind of figuring out still a doing, bit, We're so. still trying to. Uh, we'll get an can, email address set up. We'll, we'll get Facebook groups set uh, yeah, up. Yeah, and all that we'll stuff. We'll do Twitter. Which, yeah. We'll do Instagram. Yeah, maybe. I, guess we'll I, do, I, don't, I don't know if we can figure I'm more that of a, out. <laughs> I'm more of a face for radio, but you know, I'll take pictures of Alan if you really want to see him. Yeah, so. I don't know why you'd want to so, <laughs> these days. Uh, you can see my beard. Uh, yep. But yeah, so anyways, thanks for uh, listening to us babble for an hour. We will be back. Thanks. I'm Dave. And I'm Alan. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Project X. X. Thanks.